0: So Ken's in New Jersey,
1: yes,
0: um, East Coast America. Uh, Robins in up north in, in England.
2: Yeah, Manchester,
0: <laughs> Manchester. Uh, Kevin Kevin's in uh, just outside of Brisbane in Australia. Yep, oh,
3: okay.
0: and um, well, you probably know where I am, uh, Wollongong, Australia. No. And Andy Harrod should be joining us soon. And he's up. He's up your way, isn't he, Robin?
2: Yeah, he's a bit further north. Yeah.
0: Welcome to the Full Stop Podcast with Sarah Lawrence from After the Storm, Berenice Smith from Walking Our Shoes, and me, Michael Hughes from Mountain Childers. This episode is one close to my heart. We've been able to gather. More guys to give us the men's perspective of being childless, not by choice. And we have, for the second time, been able to coordinate three continents. I'm proud to call these men my brothers. The courage they show, leading by example in talking through what it's like to be male and childless, is what our community needs more of. So before I get emotional, let's get on with the show. Welcome everyone to... Uh, another man 's episode of the full Stop podcast um, and in the room we have Ken from uh, New Jersey, East Coast America we have Kevin Riley from Brisbane in Queensland Australia. yay for another Rosie uh, Andy Harrod from the UK Robin Hadley from the UK and Berenice and Sarah are uh, very quietly sitting in the background watching all what watching what goes on so Hi
4: everybody. Uh, we we'll just do a quick hello hello, hello. hello.
0: you know that we're hello. here <laughs> <laughs> so, so th- this this could get messy because there's seven of it hang on one two, there's eight of us hang on yeah two, four, six, seven, eight. yeah my maths are okay so what we'll do is we'll just go round the room and just um the idea of this show is just so us guys can have a chat together and hopefully be a good, be an example for other men to join in or um, feel that they want to contact us because we are a hard nut to crack. Um, so let's go to let's go to Ken first because he's been he's been he's been um uh dying again on the podcast for a while now. He's, he told me some months ago. He said, "Look, I'll have a go." So Ken, tell us who you are, where you are. And uh, and as much as you want to share how you got to this spot this place, and how did I rope you into doing
3: this? (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, as Michael said, um, I live in New Jersey in the uh, U.S. Been here for about twelve years. Originally uh, from New York, was born and raised in New York, and in the Bronx. Probably heard of that in some of the movies, you know, when about the, the, the the gangs and stuff, but. Uh, where I grew up was a nice area. It's called City Island, place. But let's see. I met my wife uh, thirty five years ago, uh, met her in a gas station. i was I was on my way early in the morning to get a cup of coffee and didn't think my car would even actually make it to the store to get to get the coffee. So I stopped in the gas station. It was on a Sunday, she was in there having car trouble. And, of course, being a Sunday, there was no uh, mechanic on duty. So uh, I offered to give her a hand, see if I could help her out. And she said she was on her way to church. But when she came back, yeah, she would like me to look at it. And uh, I told her I'd be down my brother's boatyard. She knew where that is, knowing the area. And she came down. A couple hours later, I was very surprised. (laughs) I told her, it was just, yeah, okay, I'll come. You It would never show up, but she did. well, 10 months later, I asked her to marry me, and we did. She did. And uh been with her for 35 years now. Uh, beautiful girl, love her very much. She's a very, very uh, caring, sensitive woman. And she has been with me with, with my issues. Uh, she was married before and does have two children from that when I met her, they were, they were grown, I think they were uh, 18 and 15 at the time, and they didn't, you know, didn't live with us, so I had no, no dealings in there, in there growing up. Uh, I don't know, Uh, we've, I, I, I feel with the child, childless issue, it's, it's, It was easier for me to deal with in the early years of our marriage. It's it's been seemingly getting compoundingly harder the older I get. You know, I've had to deal with things throughout the years, and uh, different different occasions, like going to well, her kids' birthday parties. weddings and they both had gotten married uh and then each of them had two kids So <laughs> all this was like i was saying I, as the years go by it was getting worse and worse because now we see her kids having kids and uh and i'm still without <clears throat> and uh i don't know it's uh Different times of the year, as everybody here knows, are more difficult than others. Um, probably Mother's Day last year was the worst for me, oddly enough, because that was the day her kids came over. Um, now they're they're the uh, one is divorced, so his his girlfriend came. With her, her, her son and his girlfriend, and I think I had mentioned this on the post. All they did was start talking about their kids, and and they each have have two kids. Even the girlfriend of the her son, and I just felt like a fool sitting there listening to everybody talking about their kids, and and uh, you know, I, I I just didn't know what to do. I just just
0: sat there quiet listening um yeah i can i can hear in your voice how tough it is ken um yeah look thanks yeah. thanks thanks for sharing that um you know what do you let's give you a rest you <laughs> know um and um cuz yeah we can well i can certainly hear how hard that is uh, okay and, and we'll we'll come, we'll come back to you ken you just um take a take a little 5 minutes there Thank
4: you, Ken, just for, for talking and sharing your, your story with us. Um, it's very moving to hear. I just wanted to say thank you for talking to us.
3: Thank you.
0: Yeah, because one of the other things, Ken, is uh, one of the things that we find a lot in the podcast is that we have a lot of women that are very vocal, but you know, the whole point of, of this is, is to try and um, let, let, uh, let some of the women see that, yes, we, we do grieve in our way. Mm -hmm. um you know so no thank you for sharing that how about we go to how about go to Andy
5: hello um so yeah I'm Andy um I've been on here on well a couple of times I think once recorded um talking about myself and a male perspective so I'm in the UK um living in Lancaster in the north uh, was born and raised in Norfolk, so gone from the flats to the hills. Um, I'm, I'm a psychotherapist and a PhD student, um, researching well being in nature, um, which is well rather stalled at the moment as I'm wanting to talk to human people and um I might start in cats instead. Um, so like Ken, I've been. I've known my wife for a long time, we've known each other for 20 years. We met at uni um, in 99 and by March we were going out and by May we were engaged, which is all rather quick. It then took us nine as to get married and we both always wondered if we'd have done everything sooner, would we have kids? Um, because after we uh, was married, well, it's been 10 years really since we started trying. Um, It's just been full of miscarriages, negative tests, grief, upset, loneliness, distress, being an outsider, Um, but it has also brought us closer. So yes, we have grieved and I can tell I'm in a very different place to where I have been because while the lockdown in the UK means I'm isolated, we're at home together, and that brings back memories of the childlessness where we just didn't want to go out and didn't want to be triggered i do feel more okay with it more able to reflect and sort of accept one perspective of this is tough and this is remind me of that but also thinking well there's a bigger global perspective here Where i think in the midst of real childless grief it's just all consuming and being part of support groups then was almost impossible where from sort of last year i really sort of started to to shift and met up met sort of like sarah through twitter and then came on a full stop and met michael and berenice i've chatted to jody since and being part of us and robin at um a conference in chester or a festival day around childlessness and and sort of come out myself more and it's been nice in that way because when you chat it's not just about the childless grief it's also about is just jokes or we're seeing each other's what each other's up to so like finding out that sarah can touch her toes during yoga where i'm a long way off but maybe by the end of this lockdown i'll be able to do it and then like ken's 3d printing because it was really emotional hearing him speak and he's been really sort of vocal and an important member to the new group michael set up which i'll leave him to talk about but it's been it's sort of just been sharing where we are in our life and having a space where you don't have to talk about childlessness, but you can make comments and chat to people who just know your position and your context. And I think, yeah, that's the thing for for men. Like I can, I am emotional, Um, probably part of the reason why I'm a therapist, but I think for a lot of men, we aren't. well for men, we're told not to share emotions. So I think to have a group where you can be understood without having to talk about it, but just talk about your hobbies, your life. And if you need to say something about the childlessness, I think it's really important. And so how Michael sort of talked us into this was, and we came sort of came to a conclusion of was the group's like a pub. You go down the pub, you might have five or 10 minutes of serious chat at some part of the night, probably after a few too many beers, but the rest of the time you're just chatting and, and being there for each other and know you're there for each other as and when you need to and i think perhaps that is the sort of space us men need somewhere where we can chat if we need to but also somewhere where we just recognized and belong um i guess that's my long-winded sort of introduction to myself <laughs> um yeah over to you michael
0: uh, thanks andy um i tell i tell what, kevin i'll leave you to last so that you know because obviously andy's been on the show before robin's been on the show before and then you know you might get a um, I'm just thinking about in terms of uh, comfort and confidence. So, how about we go to Robin next? Hi. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah,
2: I'm, I'm Mancunian. <laughs> that says a lot, doesn't it? A <laughs> um, working class Mancunian from Old Trafford. Um, yeah. Gosh, that's, <laughs> suddenly I'm stuck for words, which is unusual. Yeah, no,
0: nah, rubbish. Yeah. So, don't believe that. Well,
2: it, you know, just a uh, red start. Um, I always expected to be a dad. Just that was uh, the way it was going to be. I come from a, a large family of eight and I'm seventh youngest, four boys, four girls, are working in class. And it was just, you know, you're going to... Uh, Leave school, get a job, get married, and have children. That was that was it. Um, and I did, I did those things. I left school <laughs> uh, first on the list, and uh, I did get a job, amazingly. And I found someone, and we got married. And we we're at that stage. I was in my late twenties, um, and she was mid twenties and we were going on to the next step to have children. We started doing the, the baby-making sex and all that sort of thing, and then we split up, and we split up. I think for a couple of things, one is I think we were pretty immature and we got together, and certainly for me, there was a sense of um, not being on the right tack or in time with everybody else, but With my peers, I think possibly the same for her, and again when we started uh trying to be re- although it was the next step it was almost uh an announced we' were trying to fit a a template that we weren't right for at that time either of us uh, I think and we we split up uh, at that time as well there was a big mortgage hike economy tanks and all that sort of thing so I was stuck with the house so that meant I well, Those two or three years and they sort of crucial years. I couldn't really go out, so I couldn't really meet anyone because I was stuck financially. But then, in my mid-thirties, I did meet someone. or that financial thing went uh, away, and we. I was a really deep, intense relationship, and uh, she said to me one time, "You know, uh, I want to have children with you," and. Compared to when I was married, I felt very different, that actually I could do that. Whereas when I was married, it was very much, well, I'm going to provide Uh, a great job. What's this going to do? There's a lot of pressure there. But this time in my mid-30s, I thought, you know what, I can do this. You know, we'll work things out. But then we split up and uh, and then I met my my wife. We've been married uh, 20 years, been going out 25 years, I think and uh, we got together and she's a bit older than me she's from uh, the healthcare professions and uh, she said I, I did want to become a mother but now I don't because I'm older I know what the, uh, the issues are around having a child when you're older and if the child's got special needs and I don't think I can do that so if you're with me then you're not going to come down, And that was a, a big uh, choice uh, for me. And so I chose uh, that and I chose it for a number of reasons. I was nearly 40. I'm not that confident. Uh, yeah. I may come across as a smooth, articulate player, uh, but I'm not, it's all a facade. Um, And there I am deflecting into humor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, it was at that time, who would have me? Who would have a 39 year old, 40 year old? He wasn't in a great career, steady job. But apart from the looks and they were bound to fade, um, I'm being ironic there. Um, (laughs) And where would I go? Where would I go to meet someone? because I need to meet somebody uh, probably at least 10 years younger than me. And there seemed to be a generational, a big generational change in that uh, time, which would be around about the early 90s, something like that. And so I became involuntary mean, childless, but not through the route that's usually associated with that, which is through um, going through IVF and through ART, Sisters Reproductive Technologies but by circumstance. And I was really broody in my thirties, particularly when I was 35. Um, it was like everybody else could produce kids out of cupboards or out of the pocket. And I felt very distant. You know, there's uh, the Woody Allen film, and it's quite a common image of being in one carriage by yourself and across the tracks is another carriage, and they're having a big party and everybody seems to be having lots of fun. And there's that sort of image and feeling of sort of being connected, but being disconnected and disconnected, uh, I guess, physically, but emotionally and narratives and things you can talk around as well. I'm really going well here now. <laughs>
0: uh, You've warmed right up. There you go. I've
2: and then in my <laughs> mid 40s, I changed. I started to look at being counselling. I trained as a counsellor and I did a, an MA. And for my dissertation, because it counselling, had to be something you'd experience. So I just said I was really broody in my 30s. And my supervisor said, they'll do that. And that's when I found out there was really nothing about men and the desire for fatherhood and the feelings, uh, biological feelings. And I do believe there's a biological urge there. Uh, but also those emotional feelings and the narratives around being a father and not being a father and the losses uh, around that for you as an individual. That's why I became interested in, really, uh, just in myself. It's all a narcissistic process. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I did my MA and found out, no, actually, I wasn't the only one. That was a core one. Was I the only one who was really desperate to be a dad who'd be in a pub and just feel completely isolated um mm. like there was a glass uh case around me I was there but I wasn't there I was in contact but I wasn't in contact uh and felt depressed around it and uh, did some now out of contact age stage sort of ways of behaving because sort of hanging out with a younger crowd because all my peers were parents mm. and doing parenting things. Yeah. And that's, that's like a, uh, if, if life's a, like a big Costco warehouse place, that's an aisle I can't go down.
0: Mm. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Uh, um, Interesting to get the girls' perspective on, um, you know, um, listening to this and and um, how the perception of males are compared to what they're listening to now. Well, I tell you what, let's go over to Kevin. So, um, Kevin, uh, as as you're fairly new to this, just just share what what you're comfortable with. Um, so, yeah, look, tell us who you are. What you do, what do you, and I know what your hobbies are. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and how did I rope you into this?
6: It's all Sarah's fault. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, I, uh, well, I, I work in IT uh, and uh, I'm, ooh, oh, I'll just, I'll start rambling. And if I get too far off the beaten track or I need to stop, just tell me. But uh, uh, Sarah and I met at work. Um, I used to work for a, a community organisation, non-profit community organisation, doing their IT. And um, Sarah was a community worker, and uh, that was all well, about twenty years ago. And um, uh, we, 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 I guess we fell in love didn't we? It's um, we we wound up spending far, far too much time at work chatting rather than doing work and getting told off and. And, uh, anyway, we, um, well, Sarah, Sarah's always wanted to to have kids. I think thinking back on it now, I was probably scared witless by the whole thing. It's, uh, uh, in hindsight, if it had all just happened the way it's supposed to happen, you know, the, it, it, it would have been, it would have been amazing. Uh, but, uh, it just didn't. And, uh, we jumped through all the hoops all the different kind of uh, processes to try and try and make it happen and it just didn't and um, I think it was I've come out of my shell a bit more than than I used to be I was I've always been how would you say sort of when when you're a kid you know you're kind of uh, chronically shy it's uh, as an adult kind of uh, I guess that kind of about the equivalent. It's still the same thing, really, isn't it? You kind of uh, just don't know what to say, and and not well. I suppose struggle to relate to people or whatever. It's uh, or think that there's more going on than there really is. But um, anyway, so in the environment, you know, friends with kids, it was um, you kind of want to be engaged, but uh, it's all. It's kind of you don't know where to start. I guess it's kind of you know, I guess when you look at other people, it's kind of, when they're your own kids compared to someone else's, when you've actually had some, it's, uh, there's a difference there, but when you haven't had any, it's all, uh, I don't know, you've you've got no reference point, really. Mm. Anyway, um, so, but going through the whole process, I mean, it was, I don't know, uh, it's 12, more than 12 years, I think, that we kind of, uh, Rode the roller coaster, and it really was a roller coaster. It's uh, you, 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 you kind of particularly. It's kind of you hoping things are going to work out, and then it doesn't, and you kind of pull yourself together, and then it's like, okay, well, we'll go again and see what happens this time. And at some point, you have to get to a point, or well, I suppose you have to. You've got to kind of draw a line in the sand for whatever reason. That's uh, so um yes it's
0: uh, uh yeah i I can I can totally sympathize with it Kevin because um I, as you're talking I'm just remembering a time where I was sitting on the on the lounge um, crying my eyes out because Vicky's going let's do it again and we're f- we're 40 yep. by now mm-hmm. and I, I, yeah. I'm going I can't I just i'm I'm just I've never cried so much in my life i I can't do this again I really can't because that that like you say that roller coaster for some reason those dips get deeper and deeper mm-hmm. and deeper and deeper
6: and it's you kind of i think i I kind of put my feelings around the whole thing on hold because it was uh you know uh, just trying to uh, I don't want this to sound bad but trying to trying to cope with Sarah not coping with the roller coaster was enough to deal with without kind of processing try even contemplating processing what was going on for me I suppose so even now it's kind of a lot of the time it's I, I don't I don't think about it too much but you do get there's a things. It's the strangest things kind of pop up that um, just kind of remind you that uh, oh, that's right. It's uh, it's not going to happen, and mm. it's yeah, and it's it's kind of uh, the whole thing, regardless of whether whose whose perspective in, in terms of from, from a from a from, from the point of view of, of not. Being able to have kids—it's um, it's just a, a, a non-starter for most people, I think. It's, it's either people either don't understand um, or actively the, the concept of having to try and even process that that's a thing for people who have kids is just—and um, it's not everybody. There's some people some people understand or, or try to, but some people it just it's. It's not even on the radar. It's it's kind yeah. of... Uh, anyway, so... Um, um, yes, and uh, you, uh, Michael, kind of... Uh, we only met a few weeks ago. You kind of a uh, trip up to Brisbane, and we spent uh, a few hours kind of uh, talking backwards and forwards, uh, sitting on our back deck, and um, uh, kind of broached the idea of... of uh, doing this and um it was kind of even still leading up to kind of uh, what are we half an hour in or something but uh, kind of leading up to it was like um, is this a good idea or am i <laughs> <laughs> but um at the end of the day i think like you said it's uh uh giving people giving giving other guys a, a indication that there is a, a reality for people like for for, for us that um this is like people you can talk about it and it's not a, it's like, you don't have to, it's, it's not a, I don't know, not a therapy session. That's not, that's not quite what I mean,
0: but you, you, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's a, safe, can... it's a safe space to express yourself and just, you know, um, feel as Andy, Andy, I think Andy put it really well, somewhere you belong. Mm-hmm.
6: That's it. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, the same things, it's, lots of different aspects I'm, I'm adopted is another one and that's a whole other journey but um uh the same thing it's kind of uh being able to talk to other people that that can relate it's it's like you know you can you, i don't think you can completely by any stretch of the, ima- of the imagination understand what someone else has been through but you can you can empathize and and yeah. it's a lot easier to be able to empathize and 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 have a, a grasp of what's going on if you've been through the same thing, whether it's a, a, an adventure, you know, whatever it is, kind of a, a shared bond or, or a, a, a shared understanding of something. But mm. the only way you can have that is having been through it. It's not to discredit other people who haven't been through it. It's just that it's it's a reality of, of, of how those these things work, I guess.
0: Uh, very true and just going back to something you said there about um um uh, when you you felt you know i'll try and paraphrase where you talked about you had to try and keep it together for for sarah's sake and by the way we're not talking about our sarah lawrence here No. I'm
6: going Kev keb
0: yeah, no, Kevin's Kev, wife is um sarah roberts um who has the empty cradle that's the one that's that's right um yes but going back to what you said about um um holding it together um my wife has often asked me you know why why didn't why didn't you show emotion michael because i felt so alone you know she she would have preferred me to show emotion you know when she was losing it i guess and i said look i couldn't because I was scared shit I mean I, I thought if <clears throat> if you've lost it and I've lost it then we're fucked pretty much. So I felt my place was to keep it all together and um, you know be be the rock you know keep it keep everything together so that we could try and you know hopefully move on from this at some time. So yeah. That's
4: something I've learned from from you Michael, but also just wanted to say that as well um sorry my microphone's in the wrong place but i think that's um that's been something i've i've learned from you and i think what you've said there kevin is absolutely spot on i I just sat there nodding my head furiously because Mm -hmm. that was i can remember that vividly at the end of the last cycle of ivf that we had or what then became the last cycle of ivf and i can remember my husband Eating a a sweet is a bizarre thing. He was eating a sweet at the time we had the scan. How can you just eat it? How can you eat anything? But he was just holding it together and just it was being regular, normal, you know, keeping it together, holding it together, I suppose, and just acting fairly pragmatically about it. But I do remember him saying we cannot do this again. We, we can't do this again. I can't let you go through this and I won't watch you do it. If you do it, you do it on your own. I can't watch you. And I, at the time, and for, for a long time afterwards, I didn't really speak about it because I thought, I don't, how could, how could you just sit there and be so calm about everything? When we were there at the, the clinic and that very last scan that we had. And then to say, you know, you can't do it. And I've learned since so much from these episodes and from Michael that actually that is that is 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 common. I think that I've I've heard it so many times now that that that's how these things are. And and it's understanding it from from the point of view of the person. You know, if the 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 journey involves um, fertility treatment, then it's it's kind of understanding those those levels of involvement. I think, and the different ways that we are involved in these journeys that we have always I think there's a lot of talk about you know couples go through it and how people go through it, but you 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 don't individuals I think go through it, and it's really hard to kind of keep that together sometimes um when you've got different feelings about it um and different paths that you've taken as well. I wanted to say something about about Ken as well, but I'm gonna just let your hand back to you michael um but there was something I just wanted to say about ken's stuff but we'll 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 go back um later
0: i'll I'll stop talking okay um i I guess i i I guess i should also talk a little bit by myself my favorite subject um oh sorry did i say that out loud um (laughs) so vicky vicky and i have been together now since we were 16 um i was what i was probably two years into the, um, life in Australia from, um, when my family immigrated from the UK and, um, we actually, we actually met, um, as, uh, kid workers at a McDonald's and, um, I, I <laughs> I'm going to be a little bit cheeky. Um, and I, as, as I said to Vicky, said that the thing that caught me was your bum. She had this great bum in these, these, Pants with a really cut well, and um, she she oh, I want that back every time I mention it. But um, yeah, so we you know we did the the <clears throat> I'm just trying to say how I can say this nicely. Vicky's family, how do we put this? Vicky's family were motivating her to have children early, at like. Eighteen or nineteen, and like Kevin mentioned, you know that scared the hell out of me. And my parents had always sort of put into my mind, mid twenties is the time, is the time. So there was always a little bit of friction there. But um, when we did, we when we did start, well, actually, she was always told that she would need help getting pregnant. And when you're sort of 18, 19, 20, that means nothing. It's oh yeah, whatever, you know. <laughs> and um when we started to actually try, you know, earnestly try, um, yeah, we went through the whole gamut of fertility treatments and got to thirty eight and we were we were broken. Absolutely smashed. And um, we decided, no, that's, that's it, stop. Uh, we, um, the, the wonderful thing about Australia is when you've worked for your employer for 10 years, you get long service leave. So you get 10 extra weeks of holiday. <laughs> Sorry, Robin, I saw that look on your face. <laughs> and along with our annual leave, we went on a round-the-world trip for 14 weeks because that's what we felt we needed to do. And we did. And we had a great time, although I must say spending 24 seven with your, you know, with with your partner, um, you know, rushing around and the last two weeks was a European tour that was, abs- was aimed at people of our age, up at six, in bed at 12, we were absolutely ragged by the end of it. And luckily we're still talking to each other, which is good. Um now the pro it was a great holiday, but the problem with that is is it put our minds in a really positive state. And Vicky's gone, let's do it again. So oh okay, all right, let's just do it again. Cause in her in her way it was, I don't want to ever have regret. I want I want to make sure I give this the best I can. So we did, and um, we had—I can't remember now. I think it was enough for three more embryo implants, and it was on her birthday that she was told that one of them worked. And it was a few weeks after that—that's September, I think it is—is is it September when I mean, Father's Day in Australia. Anyway, Father's Day miscarriage. So. Um, those days for us are, are pretty they're tough days. Uh, and, and that was when um, that, was, that was the last cycle, that was the last lot of eggs, that was it. And that's when we drew a line in the sand. And I will say that it has taken us 10 years to get to where we are now, where we are. Is it, it's 10 years of, of, of learning to accept. How that's a good way of putting it, I think. Yeah. Um now that doesn't and, and like a lot of females talk about on this show on this podcast, is they it it never leaves you. But what it but you learn to manage that grief better. So for me, um um as I as I've aged, i my my resilience is less. And I become, I've become quite emotional, and um, so you know, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you'll hear me choke up quite a bit. Um, And I I feel that's a good thing for me. But um, yeah, it's it's, and now that I have aging parents, and I have some, they have both have health issues, that is also highlights um, what it means to be childless as well. And that's a whole nother ball ballgame. So um, yeah, that's that's my, my story in a nutshell. So one of the things that one of the things that I do, um, and Vicky do, well Vicky and I do is we have a workshop which is behind me through the wall there, um, and that's that's where we distract ourselves, and that's where we um, look forward to creating things, and that's one of the other ways that we cope. Um, and what's been really good with the group that, that we've set up, and I say we because um, I'd like to think that you, you guys are founding all founding members of it, is just having a peek into what some of the other guys do. You know, so Ken, for instance, and his 3D printing, awesome. And Kevin, on the other hand, you go to his place, he's got about five cars he's doing up all at once. And, um, you know, and but... Y- y- you can see the satisfaction he gets from that. Hang on. <laughs> I was, oh, Robin's just had up a sign saying, I do fuck all. Uh, <laughs> I can, I could beat that out. <laughs> and I know Andy writes and he, he, he walks and he photographs, you know, and I really, that, I think that's important for us to, to all share that sort of stuff because like like Andy said, you know, it's about finding somewhere you belong. And it's not just talking about childlessness. It's about, you know, it's just about being, being with people who understand you, you know, and know that just in case, if I need to, I've got some guys there, I can, you know, I can chat to. Yeah. So that's Ken. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Good. Good.
3: I mean, I gotta say though, it really is a pleasure to meet all you guys, you know, and, I was looking forward to this for a long time uh, and I'm glad it's happening today.
0: No, it's, it's um, interesting. It's interesting because, because Ken, you and Robin are, are sort of come to come to this point in a very similar fashion where Andy, Kevin and I have come in a different way. And it's just, I think it's really good that we can all share our stories. Oh
3: yes. Yes. And, like I told you a uh, long time ago i i, I thanked uh, God for you and and vicky for the for the blog you had set up, and that's how I originally met you and then you guided me to to the uh Travelers path to acceptance group and uh yeah that's that's been great for me um, i i I enjoyed some times, even like when I hear a lot of the women post things of, of issues problems they'll having on a particular day uh, sometimes I would like to make even a brief comment so they know that there's a guy that maybe understands how they're feeling you know uh, you know like you've said you know men don't speak up but they do feel and uh, and i I feel greatly for, for all of them um, <laughs> as we all know we we all know what the feeling and going through uh, I know my situation is a little different than most because my wife has children already and uh, you know that's been some issues with me at times uh, even on a daily thing sometimes when the son maybe calls to see how she is and all and and I hear her into the phone hi hon how are you you know <laughs> um, you know and I don't have
0: someone that does that with me you know yeah i I understand that i i um i've i make no secret about this i've always seen babies as like high maintenance and there's never it's it's never been something that that i thought i'd enjoy but i'm watching my niece and nephew grow now into into Mm -hmm. them teenagers and young adults and you know you've seen how the parents of my sister and her husband have molded them and 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 I know, I know this probably offends some people, but they've now become very interesting and I can see the the you know, I can see the value in them and yeah, I I, I do feel left out in that respect. That I I, I feel like I could have for want of a better word, I feel like I could have made a really good child as well.
3: Yeah. I mean yeah. I actually have four grandchildren. My my wife's Son has two children, and his daughter has two children, and them I've I've known since birth, and I played with them when they were young, you know, when they were little. Love playing with them. I, I really enjoyed them, and uh, and uh, you yeah, they had fun with me too. We, we you know, and they're, they're they're getting older now, and they're still the terrific kids, and uh, mm. you know, you just miss that, you know, like. Uh, with your your child? You know, uh, you know, seeing them grow up, yeah, uh, helping them with things, you know, with issues, troubles.
0: Yeah. So it, um, I, I get the feeling, Ken, that um, it must be, it must have been a pretty lonely existence for you. You know, one, I guess, and I'm not trying to be derogatory to your family, but um, you know, you, um, you feel somewhat isolated. But I would imagine too that there's not much support around you or, or at your work or things like that.
3: No, no, uh, work, no, no. Work is where I get most of my, uh, torment, tormental thoughts. I, I guess you would say from, yep. listen, people talk about their kids and all, uh, friends. I, I have no, no, no friends that can support me or family, uh, that it's been all you guys, you know, uh, that's the only place I get my support, and and my wife has encouraged me to to talk to you and and the people on on the group. And uh, at one point, I'd like to just read a a, a text that she had sent to me uh, last month, and it it helped me to understand that that she understood me and how I felt. Uh, it was really uh, it was kind of eye opening to me to to really know now how she, she sees and, and understands how I'm feeling.
0: Uh, it's, it's oh, please, please go ahead and read it if you want.
3: Okay. Uh, last, last month was my birthday, and a week after that we had a, a small little gathering at the house. Uh, her two kids and her daughter brought her now boyfriend, and her son bought one of uh, his daughters. But as always, the conversation went to each one's kids and things. And I came in the other room for a minute, Mike, and I was really upset. And my wife said she was, she was very sorry you know, that I had to go through that. She sent me a text yet the next day when I went to work. It said, yesterday was a very difficult day for you. I could see in your eyes, I could, I could see your eyes go blank choke down your food my heart is broken for your pain i've never felt such compassion for anyone like i felt for you the most precious person in my life i don't take it lightly it seeps into my soul please speak to michael and the other end. i'm for you a million percent always i love you and i'm here you don't have to answer just know this is from my heart i am concerned I wrote back, that's why I love you so much because I know you do care. I know you're concerned and I know you want me okay. When you came into the room where I was and said you were sorry, I could see it in your eyes that you were. And more importantly, I felt it. Thank you. So that was that was very eye opening to me in a way I guess. Uh, I, you know, she's told me she understands before that how I feel and stuff. And and this was really an eye opener to me that she did.
0: Well, I'm actually one thing I'm impressed that you held it together because I couldn't have read that out without crying. Um, But to me, that seems such a positive thing that you two are now beginning to communicate about this.
3: Yeah. I mean, just as much as it's been difficult for me it's been very difficult for her yeah you know, she doesn't know what to say to me sometimes yeah yeah um, you know she if if she was in the same instance with me it, it would probably be a little easier for her maybe she would know the words better to say uh, but yeah you know, she tries in her way and yeah. i do know she loves me you know immensely and i do her and if i had known the day i married her or before whatever that we would never have children together yes i still would have married her the person she is the incredible thoughtful person caring person oh yes i still would have
0: that's beautiful ken Uh, but i think too i think i think what you're a good example of um and I'm probably getting out of my depth here into some of the Robin and Andy, who are much more um, adept at you know counselling than me. Um, okay. you, you're actually setting a really good example by showing that that being able to communicate is is one of the great um, levelers of this. You know,
5: What 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 do you what do you say, Andy? And yeah i'd agree i'm really touched by ken and Kev's words really To um just hearing other people and i'd say um communication does seem so important because i think me and my wife have survived it and come closer because while we're in the same situation it's unexplained infertility And while we're both blamed ourselves, we've never blamed each other. We've just kept talking about it. Admittingly at times there has been times where I've just clammed up and then sort of exploded in tears after a couple of drinks or something. But it is that constant talk and that seemed to keep us together, to keep us going and knowing if to try IVF again or when to stop or it being okay that we're at different points in the grief that one is having a tough time and one seems to be doing okay or one day it's okay to see nieces another time it isn't and we can keep by talking to each other we do um we do support ourselves and I think in terms of communication outside of the us two I think yeah when we've talked to friends about it and it comes up you see because some of our friends don't have children by choice um and some do have children um we as far as we're aware we don't know of any other childless couples within our friendship um but when we do talk about it they do listen and i think it is if if we don't communicate our situation our how we are it doesn't come up and that does happen with our families as well and I think there can be a sense that we're, we're over it. We're done. I think last World Childless Week in September, my parents saw something I'd put on Facebook. Cause I rarely put anything on Facebook outside of closed groups. And I did not realised they'd noticed. <laughs> they did. But they were... It opened up their eyes again to it. And then we had a chat about it. And it's not been chatted about since. There's, there's all other psychological attachment reasons around that probably but in terms of communication when we do communicate it does help us and i think it helps others to understand us and so perhaps going forward that is for me something i'd like to do more of is not just communicate to wider group of people who understand our situation but perhaps have it in the conversation and be more honest about when it comes up throughout the year say with my family or with friends because i think it does help you not feel so alone with it, and it, and I think it's important. I think for those that are close to you to sort of understand all of you and not just say, "See you when," or just get an idea that it's okay when it's not. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if that's quite what you're after, Michael.
0: Oh no, look, I just want—I just wanted to hear your your thoughts <laughs> on, you know, just you know how Ken's you know communicating and and you know, um you're, you know. Um, you just followed on from that about uh, how how you guys do it. Um, I'm going to skip you, Robin. I'm going to go to Kevin because Kevin, how how are you how are you feeling with this chat now? Because I know you was a bit apprehensive. So how uh, are you doing?
6: Really good, i have to say. It's um it it's just really um, yeah. I'm stuck for words. Um, I, I feel quite comfortable. It, it's it, okay. In, in the sense that um, it's it's just it it feels like a, a safe space, so to speak. It's it's, uh, it's it's good to be able to hear what other people talk about it because I haven't. I mean, I know that Sarah, uh, my wife, has been in, obviously involved in in being very active uh, for a long time now, and and. I've kind of just gone and hidden shed and, and poked and prodded cars and, and, or got caught up in work or or whatever, but um, it's, uh, it's really good, I think, to be able to, to hear other people talk about it and it makes it, it it makes it, I guess, safe. Uh, It it just means, uh, I think it just shows that it's okay. and, and, and that, you can talk about it as much or as little as you you kind of feel you need to but that it's it is a real thing and i don't know i i i just uh
0: kind of written it off as it's just one of those things but um is that because is that because perhaps you don't have any other childless men in your sphere you know your sphere of friends
6: absolutely i i I think it's it's very easy to be not very proactive about it. I, I, maybe I'm the kind of person that, that kind of isn't very, uh, I, unless it's something that I really kind of, for, for, some reason, kind of get involved in and I'm just kind of really enthusiastic about, and I will kind of follow up certain things. It's, uh, but if you're in an environment where you don't have, any kind of other reference point. You don't have any other people that that kind of share the similar kind of views, or at least kind of have an understanding where you can have a conversation with, but that doesn't feel like kind of people, I don't mean this in a bad way, but you know, there's kind of, you can talk to people about things that kind of uh, are open and, and, and comfortable to talk about things, but they still don't necessarily they don't have an understanding of it so yeah so whether it's childlessness or or adoption it's kind of it, there's a difference between talking to uh someone who's just good at listening and and is is being a good friend or whatever and someone who isn't any of those things but at the same time really understands the realities at least from their perspective of what that's like yeah um so so no okay. I, I Coming back to the original question, I was rambling quite a bit, but um,
0: I think it's really actually really good. <laughs> okay, no thanks. All right, Robin. Robin, I, so hang on, I'm not on mute. That's right, you're on mute. Um, so for for Kevin and Ken, they won't be aware of some of the other things that you get up to. So um, <laughs> so you don't you don't do fuck all. I know you get up to stuff. Um, so Robin does a lot of research in in this area so he's actually it's actually got a doctorate so um it, I'm, a, I'm always interested to hear his opinions and um would be interested to hear what you know what you've heard so far you know how does that how does that sit with the research that you've done in the past
2: it, it all fits in uh really nicely i just want to say to ken how moved i was by him reading that text out and what it indicates about Uh, your relationship with your your partner and with yourself as well. And uh, what struck me was um, we're all actors. We all put a facade on and there's an inside us and an outside us and there's another bit that's negotiating that bit between the inside and the outside. And in our part of us that's trying to fit in, we draw on scripts from the outside world that we can occupy. And that, says something about us, but it also means other people can fit in with their scripts, general scripts that we all use. And what we don't have is a script. Hmm. There's nothing there for us to draw on that we can just drop into place to fit in. So I think for Ken, what you and your your partner are doing are writing your scripts. And when you're writing something and developing something from uh, what you may feel you've got no resources, you have, but if they're not obvious, then that's really difficult because you're testing. Every single uh, word, punctuation is a test. Am I making myself vulnerable? Am I hurting you? What's happening here? So I think what's happened for you and your partner, Kenny, is uh, a, a difficult thing, but a beautiful thing as well. Mm. because you're making something unique yeah. and that, that that's going to strengthen your your bonds between you. But because it's unique, there's always a, a risk of um, not quite fitting at a time and honing it as you go along. Uh, so that's what I, I wanted to say again. It was really moving uh, what you said. But, um, yeah, you're right. I have done a lot of research. And from all... <laughs> oh, <laughs> All all, all, all the stuff I read, this man, uh, a lot of women uh, and couples that have gone through uh, IVF, the the women say, he doesn't talk, and I just want him to hear and see what he feels. And uh, the the issue really is men are socialized from a very young age, boys socialized, not to talk, to express themselves outside themselves actions, and um, and that takes years of conditioning for that in. And once it's there, it's like I'm sorry, you've probably heard this. What I say, it's like a concrete block between just under the neck on the top of the chest, like a concrete block that's being placed there. And so, for men to feel to express what they feel, they've got to negotiate the concrete block and. The easiest ways like to go through your arms or your legs so through actions or your head but so when uh, men say ask men what they feel when i was counselling i don't counsel anymore i wouldn't really ask a man how they felt i'd say what's happening inside uh because you if i ask men what they felt they go what what <laughs> what am i supposed to be feeling it's a it's a dissociation that's been placed in there uh, earlier. I've got a bit technical here, aren't I? Sorry about that. Um, but what's been found out about men and uh, therapy is if you writing, drawing, action-orientated stuff really works. So doing things like your 3D printing, can and thinking around that, and then b- sort of working on the outside in, whereas for women it's usually for the inside out, is, is a, a good thing. So for men to do activities, to get structure there, to respond to how you're being conditioned is a, a, a good thing. So for for men, it's not that they don't feel, they do feel, it's how they communicate that feeling that's different mm. to, to women and how they've been conditioned when they've been brought up. And so yes, the rock is very much a, a common thing that men say. I'm the rock, because everything's uh, fluid. It's like I'm sat in a storm that I can't control, so I've got to be the rock. Because if we're all stormed and pulled, and then where are we going to be? Uh, it's a rock, or is it a volcano?
0: Yeah, true.
2: And, because uh, a lot of that stuff's been stored there, bubbling and bubbling. And sometimes for it to be released, it'll be an explosion or there's a diversion to get, a, to get away. But, um, but for minutes, it can be difficult to be sat there and talking about what they're feeling because those skills to easily trans- communicate it are, need building.
0: Yeah, no, I uh, okay. totally agree. So, girls, I'd be interested to hear your uh your your observations so far.
1: Bloody hell. <laughs> That's the toughest pub session I've ever been to, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Where's my beer? Wow. <laughs> no, I just I just want to thank you all gents for being uh very open and honest because I, I don't think, you know, most most of my friends are, are blokes if I'm honest. I've got a few girly friends, but um most of them are blokes and when we're having problems we go down the pub and it gets masked in drinking and laughing and joking talking about football it doesn't really ever get into the what's actually bothering us it's like a ginormous elephant in the room so a lot of them are are child free so they've had they've made the decision not to have children but some of them do have children but they know that obviously I'm childless but it is a ginormous elephant in the room that I don't really talk about with them because I don't want to sit in a pub and bring everyone down basically it's not really what I would call. Uh, a safe space if you like for want of a better word Mm -hmm. it's just not what you do is it but no Mm -hmm. thank you and ken your 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 wife's words and your wife your words back to your wife were just beautiful you'll go berenice
6: (laughs)
4: okay um i that's interesting you said about the pub because i've actually found although i'm like you i i don't have that many friends um who are female like if they are then they tend to be from from our community um because you just need that safe space and in fact actually oddly it's more some not all but some of my husband's friends have actually been more kind of they'll they'll just simply take when, when i was going through treatment they would take me aside now and then and just go yeah yeah okay that would be it they're, they're older and um, they just you know you're right and you know they talk about their families and their children but generally speaking I found it a lot easier because it wasn't full-on emotion and it was just a kind of a, a check-in I suppose um, I made some t- I, I wrote some stuff down and I'm trying to just what did what did I write here it was about I think going back to that communication and what you were saying Robin and, and related back to to ken too and we talked about it in one of the very earlier podcast episodes and it's about finding ways of communicating and we talked about speaking and writing and finding a way to communicate because sometimes they just aren't the words i think to express what we've been through um i think that's really difficult Sometimes, even in the podcast we we struggle sometimes with words, and we sort of sit here and stare at each other and some someone will find something, but it's never always the right thing to say and sometimes I think writing it down can be really helpful, whether that's a text i I found that really an interesting part of this conversation um, I think that's really important to talk about that and different ways of communicating and the other thing as well i i'm just so grateful that that you are here, um ken talking to us about being a step parent because we i think um it is such an, an an elephant in many rooms when it comes to to childlessness you know is that kind of like is that the the, the thing is that that you know would, would that actually solve and i've certainly confessed and said well if someone from kenny's past appeared with a child how would i feel and you think oh well you know maybe that would be quite a nice thing you know throw it into turn more but in those dark moments when actually what you want is just to let out those feelings of of, of being a parent you think oh maybe that's a good thing and actually of course well it, it, it's bloody hard it's absolutely and i and i've learned so much from this conversation i learned from before when we'd spoken in the previous podcast episode and you've um shared your feelings um online but i think that's so important that we have that conversation because i think it it's often another level of isolation because people make so many assumptions about oh well maybe perhaps being a step parent is actually a, a, a good thing and of course it's no more of an easier thing to deal with than we get that thing of oh why don't you just adopt you know it's it's all those tricky areas that are very hard to talk about when we haven't been through those paths ourselves. Um, it just goes to prove there's so many ways that we can end up here having this conversation. But most of all actually I just want to thank Michael. I've actually just texted him anyway and just said that you it's brilliant, but just this is just just so brilliant. Thank you. Cause I I've learnt loads. I really hope that that there are all our listeners will just learn something so powerful from this episode. Honestly, I've just sat here for well, since what two hours and just one hour and gone, okay, I've learnt that. I've learnt that. <laughs> thank, you. So... thank you. So much.
0: It's about time I told a story because I haven't told a story yet.
4: You haven't. We're missing your Uh, stories. Come on.
0: So, (laughs) and it's got it's got a lot to do with what Ken, you know, the the conversation that Ken has with his wife through that text, and what we've all been talking about. But, um, I I, as as you probably all know, I'm quite overt in what I do, you know, with with uh, with the community, because I have I have a very strong belief. That the more we talk about it, the more people will begin to understand. So much so that I have a I have a distant cousin, yes, one of those ones I picked up on Ancestry, um, who who actually tried to join the childless path to acceptance group. Now she's a mother. And and uh, of course she got knocked back because, you know she couldn't answer the questions correctly, but the point is that she watches what I do and, um, and all the communications and things that I get up to. And her words were, well, I just want to support my cousin. I want to understand. And I think that, I mean, I was really touched by that. It's a beautiful thing, but I think it's a great example for, for, for us, as a community, um, to to be able to do that, and so that's why um, I was, um, you know, just so touched by the way what that you know with with Ken and his wife, because you know that's what it's about. It's about being able to talk. Now, Robin, Robin, what did you just tell me? Come on, you have a poem you want to share?
2: There we okay. go. No, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Sorry about that technology. I only found mute about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I've been sitting quiet as Honestly, this technology is fantastic. Anyway, this is uh, from the guys I interviewed. There's something they all said, and that is, there's something missing. And that's such a simple phrase, but it says so much. It says there's something missing, and there's something missing from inside. But there's also something missing outside. So like I was saying about the script and we're a blank piece of paper, there's, that's the missing. Okay, so here we go. A conversation ended before it began. Scallions of coulda, shoulda, woulda, dada, the latent maelstrom of the non-man. There's something missing holding a life-wide gap. Breathing wallpaper, I am whole and incomplete. There's something missing, first to be left behind, first to be sent in. This line is not complete
0: is a perfect place to finish this episode but there was so much more that we discussed we have a lot of female listeners asking us to do a Father's Day episode just like we did for Mother's Day so the boys and I gave our thoughts on that too but you'll have to wait till later in the year to hear that we would like to say thank you to Ken, Kevin, Andy and Robin for being courageous and spending this time with us I like to think of the boys as my brothers from other mothers. And so much so that we have a small private group on Facebook where we hang out from time to time, uh, updating each other on our lives and having that place to belong. If there are any other brothers out there who would like to join us, search The Clan of Brothers on Facebook or DM any of us and we'll get back to you. We really hope That you are doing well in these crazy times. We recognize that there are a lot of single people in our community that must be doing it tough right now. As we always say, you're not alone. Reach out to us if you feel you need to. Please don't suffer alone. And we will have more news on that in our next episode. Now, we would also like to give our thanks to those of you on the front line right now. Whatever country you're in, whatever your role, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We want to acknowledge it will be you that will get humanity through this time. Now don't forget we have a presence on both Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and we always love hearing from our audience, even if it's just to say hello. You can find all our links on our awesome website designed by Berenice, www.thefoolstoppod.com. And as always, it's important for us to let you know, you are not alone.